from the dark web to your radio dial. You are listening to CyberTalk Radio on News 1200 WOAI. Welcome to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. And uh, this week we're going to be talking about uh, Booz Allen Hamilton. Uh, this is not the uh, show on Broadway for, for those uh, learning about Booz Allen Hamilton for, for the first time here on AM Radio. I'm joined uh, by Bob Miller, who's a vice president there, and he'll give a little bit of history of the firm and uh, what they've uh, got going on here in San Antonio. If you're going to be able to stick with us today, uh, great. If uh, you're going to have to hop out of your car uh, or if you're already out of your car and listening via the iHeartMedia streaming app on your iPhone or Android device or via uh, the iHeartRadio uh, website on your computer. That's great. Uh, but yeah, so you can listen to us uh, live on any of those. And if uh, you want to catch uh, the replay of this, and it'll be up on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com on Tuesday, June 25th. Uh, that'll go there. It'll also go out onto every podcasting app across the internet. Uh, and if you are listening to us via one of those replays, thank you very much. Uh, let us know on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, what you like about the program, uh, what you would like to see new from it, uh, thoughts and feedback. We've been uh, on the air here now for almost three years. My show notes say this is episode number 143. As we uh, go through this uh, this conversation today, uh, for those listening live, we'll have a news, traffic, and weather update here coming at the bottom of the hour. Uh, and for those in the podcast, we'll skip that because the history of the news, traffic, and weather is not so useful to you in the future. So, Bob, uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, for those that are um, in the, the military kind of cyberspace and in the federal government uh, or work with the federal government, they'll certainly be familiar with Booz Allen Hamilton. But those not in that market, uh, this may be the first time they're kind of hearing about your, your company. So can you give a little bit of just background on uh, Booz Allen and, and how uh, everything came about and how you guys got here in San Antonio? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you're right. A lot of people who don't work with the military view us as a, a law firm, and we're not a law firm. We're a government consulting firm for the most part. Um, Booz Allen Hamilton's been around for 103 years, which is really remarkable. And you think of the firms that have come and gone and used to be household names and aren't around anymore. Um, we were actually founded by a veteran um, around World War One, and the firm has been traditionally known as a management consulting firm. Um, but for 75 years, we've been serving the Department of Defense. Um, and that, that crosses a lot of areas. Department of Defense, we also support the federal government. We do have a commercial business. We also have an international business. Um, San Antonio, we've been here since really before 1990, and it centered around a civil engineering-related business um, with, with the government client at the time. And then it rapidly expanded uh, post 9-11 um, and really kind of expanded um, into a lot of areas, cyber being one of those. But um, here locally, we have around 600 staff and we do support cyber clients. We support civil engineering clients. We support health clients. Um, we support intelligence clients um, and then kind of operational clients with readiness and those kinds of things. So it's a pretty broad uh, business, but very focused on the Department of Defense, and yeah. and the biggest part of that is cyber. Yeah, and so you you have an office downtown, and then as well, um, I've seen your your logo on a building out uh, in the Port San Antonio on the west side of town. Yeah, that's correct. So the former Kelly Air Force Base, now the Port of San Antonio, we do have an office there, um, and we also have at the Westin Center. We now are going to be on. 
three floors, not three full floors, but yeah, we're expanding in the uh, in the west and center. So two locations, and then we have staff embedded uh, at various installations around the city. Yeah. So if you're you're interested in working in cyber, I would bet you guys are also hiring. Yes, absolutely. We've got right now we have about 200 staff locally doing cyber, but if you really look at the firm at large, it's it's well over 4,000 people who are doing cyber and cyber related work, and one of the beautiful things about Booz Allen, you might hire in San Antonio or be interested in a job here, but you also might be interested in moving to other locations. And we very much have a uh, an operating model that allows that. And we have staff that move around in the firm and can access different types of clients and different type of work. Yeah. Now, and for, for those that might be listening to this program, wishing that you could move back to San Antonio, uh, you could hire on Absolutely. and head this direction as well. Absolutely. Especially if you have those cyber skills. So, Absolutely. Uh, if you wanted to learn a little bit more about Port San Antonio, if you have not heard about that, um, check out our uh, archives and replays out there on your favorite podcasting service. We've had on Jim Pershbach, who's the CEO of the, the port, as well as Will Garrett, who uh, heads up a lot of the cybersecurity development now out there for the port and the program, talking about all sorts of things going uh, it's not a shipping port it used to be an airport an airfield uh, and and now it's becoming a, a cybersecurity uh, hub for many of the firms uh, like uh, uh, Bob's and our guest today uh, where they're working with uh, that 24th and 25th Air Force all this stuff used to try to be secret but even uh, the cybersecurity folks have realized you can't keep everything a secret anymore it was interesting you uh you mentioned a lot of folks may not know Booz Allen Hamilton. There was a time when we really kind of wanted to be in the shadows a little more and really didn't brand our firm. And um, you mentioned Jim over at the port, and we met with Jim just last week. So we very much uh, now more brand the firm and want people to know what we do and how we do it and how we're different. So Yeah, and it's one where the, these days uh, people want to understand the company they're working for. They want to understand the history, the values, the integrity. And, and um, not only do people want to understand that if they're going to choose to come work for you, but clients that are going to hire you care uh, about um, that stuff as well. I and mean, this is as we're looking through uh, some of the, the notes and prep work for the show. I mean, I think this is one of the big reasons you guys are in San Antonio um, is that we've we have a, a very modern cultural workforce here. If you compare it to many other cities across the U.S., um, they're going to look like San Antonio 20 or 30 years from now. But we're uh, from a diversity perspective, well ahead of where uh, other markets are at. Yeah, absolutely. And and I would just tell you, not there is a culture fit between Booz Allen and San Antonio and the military. Um, you know, Military City USA, a lot of us are here for a reason, right? My father was an Army artillery officer. He retired at Fort Sam, so this is home. And a lot of our staff, 30% of our staff are military veterans, and they're interested in giving back and continuing to support the, the mission of the United States. Um, I, I agree with you. I see San Antonio has evolved over the years. It was, you know, there was a time when we were heavily just – military heavily on the the travelers yeah. and, the, and the tourism convention tourism. hosting absolutely and then the medical center i think that san antonio is being transformed and i see what's going on at utsa texas a&m trinity st mary all the local universities along with the port along with the national security collaboration center along with what industry is bringing to san antonio and it's as a, as a guy who wants to finish my career and live in San Antonio for the rest of my life, it's exciting to see. No, I think 
Um, just yeah, lots of expansion of, of missions here on the uh, defense side of things. And then in the, the private sector, um, lots of just growth and expansion of our tech district uh, and tech companies now headquartered here. Um, tech companies looking to expand and, and, and open up offices here. Um, we're seeing Facebook collaborating with universities here on cybersecurity research. We're seeing, uh, yeah, with the National Security Collaboration Center, the UTSA is setting up tons and tons of uh, folks collaborating there. And I think with UTSA celebrating their, their 50th birthday, they're well on their way to the kind of that tier one research university status, which will then uh, unlock more research dollars. And really, as we look at the next 50 years of UTSA, uh, with the downtown campus expansion, the School of Data Science opening, uh, I think we're going to see lots of, of interesting uh, things happening in, in the San Antonio market over the, the long run. So with, with Booz Allen uh, coming here in the, the 90s, uh, were you, I guess, serving a specific client that asked you to open up an office here at this point in time? Or did you see that your company see some opportunity in this market that far back? Yeah, and that, that obviously preceded me. I joined the firm in 2001, but I do know the history. And um, so so Booz Allen won a large contract with a, a government client that doesn't exist anymore. It's, it's transformed into another client, but it's the Air Force Center for Environmental Excellence won a large contract, therefore opened an office and started delivering here. So I, that became kind of the cornerstone around which the presence would built was built, but it was really post 9-11 when the, this environment transformed for us. And we started to bring, I'd say, the best of Booz Allen in. And it was a recognition, again, Military City USA, which maybe hadn't been branded that way outside of San Antonio for a long time. And it started to get on the map. And we started to grow kind of our presence here in San Antonio. We started to really move into other areas like cyber, like data sciences, like health. And that kind of got the attention of our firm's leadership. And they started to come down here and take a look at what we were doing. And they started to understand what this environment is like in San Antonio. What What's interesting to me is so many of the government clients here have worldwide missions. So they may be located here, but they have missions that span the globe yeah and because of that it's an enticing place to be and the work is interesting it's cutting edge it's it's certainly not mundane no and i think this is a it's a good of you to say that as i feel um many folks think that uh they have what i would consider a 20 year old view of san antonio that um, really just boring back office stuff is going on here. Someone's maintaining someone's uh, Fortran or COBOL app on a, a government mainframe somewhere and a military mainframe uh, somewhere that's tracking uh, bolt counting parts for airplane maintenance or something. And um, that's not the type of stuff that's going on here. Uh, and for, for those that want to go through the process of uh, either getting a degree at one of our universities that have uh, the NSA and DHS uh, Center of Excellence, and so they can uh, go through and start working on their clearance then or, or get uh, to work for uh, a firm like Booz Allen where you'll go through that process. I think you'll see on the other side of that clearance wall, there's lots of really interesting stuff going on uh, in the San Antonio market. Yeah, as you said, serving customers that have a global mission, not just a, a mission to uh, maintain some legacy code app uh, here in the long run. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think 
not only our clients, but we are focused on the future, right? It's, it's um, innovation. It's not turning the crank. It's, it's figuring out the next big way to do something. Um, and it's important, right? These are, this is our country we're talking about and the safety and security of our country. And being, whether, you're, whether you're on the front lines supporting the warfighter or you're supporting, in, our, in my case, the facility infrastructure, all of it ties together. It's all intertwined. And the more money you can save on the, say, the back end, on overhead processes, the more you can invest in the warfighter and the front lines of cyber, cyber security, cyber attack, cyber defense. So it all intertwines, but, but at its core, if you're not innovating and changing the game, you shouldn't be in the game. Yeah. So how did you, so you said you joined Booz Allen in, in 2001. Uh, so as, as you were going through, and this is always for the younger listeners in our audience, and we have, uh, I think, a good number of them as we, we talk about cyber patriot and entrepreneurship and cybersecurity education in the program quite a bit. Um, we'd like to share with them for folks where we have uh, senior and seasoned executives like you. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, yeah. Look. So I was a, a I, again, I, my dad retired here in San Antonio, so I started the fifth grade here. I ended up uh, graduating from high school in San Antonio. I went to Texas A&M University, got a civil en- bachelor in civil engineering. Uh, I served for five years in, this, in the Navy, and my wife was born and raised in San Antonio, and we wanted to get back to San Antonio. That's a very common story yeah. out here. So, yeah. yeah the, so, yeah. So when I, when I started here, I actually started in kind of construction management, did that for a few years, and then joined a small consulting firm for three years. And then I started to come across Booz Allen. We would work in and around each other. And I became more and more impressed with what I saw. Um, and there was an opportunity to interview with Booz Allen, which you know was an extensive process. They're a pretty cautious firm, right? And I went through that process traveled to McLean, Virginia for an interview process and then hired on. And 18 years later, I'm loving, loving that decision. Um, I do think it's important as our younger, your younger uh, audience thinks about their future. Culture fit matters, right? It's you want to join a firm that you feel tied to, that you feel like fits your values. Um, and that could be manifested in a lot of ways. It could be the type of work you're doing for the types of clients. It could be uh, a firm that's giving back to society in certain ways. Um, it can be the types of people you're working with. But I think it, that culture fit is absolutely critical. Yeah. And so for for those uh, thinking about, you know, what career in consulting, uh, how do you – uh, explain Booz Allen to someone if they're trying to decide between you and uh, some of the other firms that do similar type of work. Yeah. So I'm proud of Booz Allen, as you can imagine. Um, uh, One thing as I talk about that legacy, that history, 103 years old, I mean, you can name firms that used to exist that no longer exist that were mainstream. To survive for 103 years means that you're doing something right. You're ethical, you're moral, you're making a difference. But I think even more so, it demonstrates that you've shown the ability to change with the times, right? You, and, and that's something we very much focus on is innovating. And we invest in, we have a group called the SIG, the Strategic Investment Group, that is focused on new applications, new delivery, new techniques. 
So that's one selling point is that we, we have evolved, we change, we grow, and we don't rest on our laurels. I think the second thing is it is a very strong ethical company. Um, I love our purpose statement. It's empower people to change the world. So if you aren't interested in changing the world, we may not be the right firm for you. If you just want to go in, again, turn the crank, do what's been done for the last 10 years, there's a lot of companies that do that, and they do it well. That's not us. Yeah. So as you, you're going through, I guess this uh, kind of is you're looking at uh, contract vehicles to, to bid on. You guys will look as like, is this mundane maintenance? And if not, then if it is, you pass on it. That's right. And typically there's a, you know, one, a lot of those procurements end up being um, – I, I would call them low price technically acceptable as a way that the government will put those yeah. out. And what they're valuing is you meet a min- minimum standard and they're interested in the cost. Yeah. That's not us, right? Um, that's not to say we'll never bid on those opportunities, but they need to be part of a bigger strategy. For us, it's really kind of that strat- strategic work that where we feel like we can make a difference, right? We're large. We're 25,000 people. There's a lot larger firms than us. So we're large, but we like to think that we're focused on the right opportunities and we're very deliberate about what we wouldn't bid um, as well. What I heard you say was that uh, you guys may be a prime on a contract and there's going to be certain aspects of that where you would actually probably bid those out to a a sub um, because it's not work that staff at, at Booz Allen is going to be excited. They're not going to get up in the morning and then look at the mirror and go, this is stuff I'm really passionate about doing. And, and the other companies have different goals and cultures and like they build their culture around efficiency and operations and consistency. And those are the type of folks that are work at, at companies that want to bid that that technically acceptable where they're going through and doing that stuff really consistently every day. It's just a different kind of person. That's right. And and I would argue that they're probably better at that than we are and yeah. we're better at kind of the strategy than they are. Um, but if you put the two together, it can be pretty powerful. So yes, we absolutely work with a lot of teaming partners. Sometimes we're the prime, sometimes we're the sub, but those relationships do matter and yeah. they matter a lot. So uh, it, working at a, a firm like Booz Allen. So how do you, is you're there uh, going through your career and you started as a consultant, I would believe. And if not, I mean, start, everyone I think starts as a consultant. And even as a VP, you're probably still doing consulting now. Absolutely. I, so in our levels, I started as an associate, but okay. that's, I had been, you know, in the workplace for 11 years at the time. And, yeah. but I started as an associate delivering at the client site actually. And, um, you know, every day under contracts and then I started to manage a portfolio of contracts and eventually and you know, a larger portfolio of contracts and then eventually the San Antonio office. Um, I currently lead a, uh, our facilities and infrastructure team delivering to all our defense civil engineering clients and that's across Navy, Marine Corps, aerospace, um, the Army and the Joint Combatant Commands. And uh, I've got staff who are really worldwide and it, it is interesting to develop in your career that way and to um, there, there's a lot of people who really are not interested in that right they're deep functional experts they're very interested in delivering in in one specific area maybe cyber maybe civil engineering maybe hydrologic modeling and that's that's great we need both types of people right you need 
in, in the type of business we're in, you need functional experts. You need people who are great leaders and business managers. You need people who can develop a market. Um, you need big idea people. You need all types. And you, I think the trick is how you put all that together. Yeah. Uh, so for some of the, the consulting, I think, stereotypes, and we'll uh, kind of go through and, and talk and, and hopefully crush some of these here uh, on the air. So if I take a job at a, a consulting firm, I'm going to every Sunday evening, I'm going to hop in an airplane and fly somewhere. And then every Friday night or Saturday morning, I'm going to fly home. I'm going to have one day to do my laundry and I'm going to fly off again. And I'm not going to have any social life. And, and I mean, it's it, it, sure it's true. There's traveling opportunities. There's traveling assignments. You can opt into those. But of your folks here in San Antonio, how many of them are getting on an airplane every week? You know, there is very much that that commercial consulting road warrior, what you described. Yeah. I would say it's a little different with what we do in kind of the government business. We have some staff who don't travel at all. We have some staff who might work in a secure environment or at a government site, and yeah. they're going to go to that same office every day. Then we do have people who travel. I would say we don't have anyone that travels quite to that extent, yeah. right? I'm I'm traveling to our Washington D.C. headquarters uh, a couple of times a month. Yeah, um, but I don't feel I don't feel like I'm a road warrior per se. No, I think it, there's many more that are the kind of 25 percent travel jobs right. versus the 100 percent travel jobs. And and for the yeah those of you out there in college thinking about this when you're having conversations on where you're going to go work um, or if you're in your early career and you've decided, you know what, I'm going to settle down. I want to have a family. I want to be able to be around for my kids' sports activities and those sorts of things. Um, you shouldn't rule firms like Booz Allen out of your job search. Uh, and I think many folks just have because they, they've seen, I don't know, movies like Up in the Air or whatever, and they just assume that everyone that works at one of those companies is flying around 3 million miles a year. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we call that work-life balance. It's not a Booz Allen term. It's yeah. a, a lot of firms have it. But work-life balance matters, right? And again, as you're looking at a company, you want to decide, is it fit the culture? And that's one of the cultures that's important is, do you have work-life balance? Is family valued? Is you investing time in your family and the community important? And I'd say it's extremely important. What we find is if you don't, if you don't promote an environment like that, that's flexible, adaptable, and can adjust to individual needs, you lose people. Yeah. And your attrition rate goes up, and it's extremely expensive to recruit, train, um, and retain staff and you want to retain really top talent. And the only way to do that is to make sure they feel valued and they can enjoy the work-life balance in a long career. You're listening to 1200 WAI, and this is Cyber Talk Radio. Uh, Bob and I are here. are going to head into a bottom-of-the-hour break for news, traffic, and weather. If uh, you're going to stay in your car, keep listening on 1200 AM. If you're hopping out of the car, you can listen on the iHeartRadio streaming app on your iPhone, Android, or device, or uh, from your web browser on your computer. Uh, if you are listening to the program via podcast replay, thank you very much for being a podcast listener. And uh, if you would subscribe, we appreciate it, and we get uh, some great guests on, and I think there's 
there's uh, all sorts of interesting things you'll you'll have the opportunity to learn about. Uh, for those, uh, if you're going to stick with us uh, through the news, traffic, and weather update here, we're going to talk uh, some about the Booz Allen Hamilton Cyber Patriot involvement. We really appreciate them in the San Antonio community here and all the things they do for that, as well as some more of the history, the military background, and some of the, the different ways that uh, they work with uh, military veterans, spouses, and others uh, to uh, make that work environment uh, a, a great place uh, for them and uh, a great experience for those families. And uh, so this is one real quick. We just got a, a few moments here, but uh, we, we were talking off air, Bob. You said that culturally, you guys, the, the when the government shut down, you handled that differently, I think, than many others. And I think it's important to share and say. Yeah. It, look, the value proposition of Booz Allen is we do want to hire people for a career, right? And so... You know, in, if you're working in the government space, contracts tend to be year to year. Sometimes they're five-year contracts, you know, and have option years. But, but contracts come and go. And it is not our intention to have staff that we immediately lay off because we lost a contract. That's not our value proposition. Our value proposition is we want to retain really talented people for a career. So we will be right back after the bottom of the hour break here for news, traffic, and weather on CyberTalk Radio. Welcome back to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran, and I'm joined by Bob Miller, who's uh, almost a 20-year veteran with uh, Booz Allen Hamilton now. So you said 2001, right? So it's been uh, 18 years? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, for those that are uh, just joining us now, Bob's a, a vice president there and uh, in charge of uh, all sorts of things in the San Antonio office uh, for Booz Allen. Uh, if you want to know more about the firm, a little bit about their background and history uh, that was in the first half of the program, uh, you can listen to uh, that uh, via our website or uh, you can watch a still picture of uh, Bob and I on YouTube. It'll be up uh, on June 22nd uh, there on the website at www.cybertalkradio.com or YouTube or your favorite podcasting service uh, anywhere you happen to listen to podcasts across the uh, the Internet. Um, for those that stuck with us through the, the first half, uh, thanks for doing that. And um, we had kind of promised to, to you to talk a little bit about Booz Allen's um, Cyber Patriot involvement. I want to go straight into that one. For those that have not heard of Cyber Patriot before, it's cybersecurity team sports for kids in middle school and high school. Uh, if your son or daughter's school is not funding a Cyber Patriot team, uh, please go to the parent association meetings and ask them to start doing so. Um, it, it gives kids that are not kind of field athletic gifted the opportunity to go uh, participate in team sport um, and learn all of those uh, powerful things you do in those uh, the playing a sport that's competitive. Um, at the same time, it teaches them cybersecurity skills in a I know if you, you look out there in the job market and you look for uh, how many jobs there are for football players professionally, there's not a lot. Uh, but for cybersecurity professionals, uh, I'm sure uh, you have some job openings even here in San Antonio today, Bob. That's, that's correct. And actually, it was interesting. There was a, there was a study done by, um, in 2018 by the Cybersecurity Workforce Study, and it found that worldwide there's a gap of 2.9 million cybersecurity specialists, but in the in the uh, 
North America area, it's 498,000. Yeah. So what a job, right? You get a cybersecurity job, cyber a cyber related degree, you're you really have high chances of getting a job and a good paying job. Yeah, and a, a good demand growth career. And if you you've studied and spent work on it, and uh, you're good at it, you're going to get to pick those interesting assignments, that high quality work that you can get up and look in the the mirror every morning and be proud of the things you're getting a chance to go do every day. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So on on Cyber Patriot, and I want to give. Uh, a uh, couple of our folks that you're going to interview next week, Mark Rydell and uh, Vince Valdespino, some credit here. Um, we started to get involved in Cyber Patriot many years ago as just a basic sponsor. We just yeah. put money into it to sponsor it because th- we thought it was important. And then Mark and Vince started to evolve that. And, and just for background, and I think I have this right, um, it feels like San Antonio has the second largest cyber patriot program in the country to the Washington, D.C. area. That's at least what I've heard. Yeah. I hope uh, that's true. We've passed them now. There we go. Yeah. There we go. So, you yeah, know. Thank you, Cyber Texas Foundation. And thank you all the schools out there and all the parents and teachers that have gotten involved to help us get to that. Yeah. So we started to evolve our program where we were sponsoring, continuing to sponsor, but with a goal of hiring as interns the top ranked teams coming out of the cyber patriot program and then what we're doing is offering a four-year internship for those cyber patriot students obviously we can't hire them until they graduate from high school yeah but um a significant number of them will end up at a utsa or other local universities and we'll continue to hire them every year for four years and what's beautiful about that is not only get, do they get to work on real-world problems, and those are technically evolving. You know, so obviously, the longer you've been in the firm, you're going to work on more challenging assignments. Yeah. But we can also start to work the clearance process in that process. So by the time somebody graduates, they're graduating with the clearance and the credentials and the degree necessary that they are immediately effective in the workplace. Yeah. So that's been a great program for us. And the fact that you're so engaged in Cyber Patriot, I think, is a, a credit to you guys. No, I mean, I, this is one of the, the big goals when we we uh, originally decided to get the Cyber Talk radio program up and going was to make kids uh, out there and their parents and their grandparents and their their uh, people that maybe don't have kids themselves, but they're a, a, an aunt or an uncle, or they've got uh, friends with ki- uh, children, and, and they're in the cybersecurity world to just raise the awareness uh, around Cyber Patriot. Because like, we have over 300 teams here in San Antonio. That's great. Um, I think uh, for for those listening as well um, that are new to it, it's this is not a, a sport where there's boys teams and girls teams that are separate. This is there's co-educational teams. The the all of the players are competing uh, against uh, each other, so it's not there's a separate girls' league for girls and a separate boys' league for boys. Um, and this is the way the workplace is. We don't have separate companies. It's not like a one floor in the Weston Center, you have all your male employees, and the other floor, you have all your female employees. It's not the way the real world works. And so, I mean, many of the things you're learning in Cyber Patriot is are the important uh, collaboration, teamwork, uh, mixed environment skills that you need to be a successful professional. And you get high-pressure situations, uh, match competitions, all of these things that uh, employers really, really love. Absolutely. And, and you touched on an important thing. And consulting, the way I view it, is a team sport. 
It's not an individual sport. We don't have 25,000 employees each working 25,000 different projects. No. We work in a team environment. If people hire you because you have a team, if they just wanted to hire an individual, they would just put a job rec up and hire an individual. Absolutely. And then the other part of it is it's typically a variety of skill sets and backgrounds that you pull together. So you might have somebody with a cyber background, with somebody who's an economist, with somebody who has a marketing degree, because there's almost always a various components to an assignment, no project, right? And it's those kinds of skill sets working together in a team environment that makes you successful. So Cyber Patriot's huge, First Robotics. There's so many of these programs that young folks can get involved in that are interested in STEM that will help them not only in their technical credentials, but in their team building credentials, right? It's like a football team, right? Different positions, different skills. It comes together to operate. It's the same thing in Cyber Patriot. It's the same thing in First Robotics. It's the same thing in a variety of other ones. I, I would like to mention also, we hire interns in a few different ways. Cyber Patriot is one of those. We hire, you know, traditional interns for a specific assignment. And then we have a thing we call summer games, and it, it builds on this same theme uh, where we'll hire um, about 300 teams around the firm in teams of five, or pardon me, 300 interns total, not 300 teams, 300 interns, but teams of five. And they'll each be given a different project, and it's a real-world project, and it's a project that they have to work on evaluate and make recommendations and it culminates in a competition where they're presenting to senior leaders in Washington DC. We've had summer games teams here for the last uh, three years and we've actually we do fare very well. We'll be in the you know top five teams in the country and these are San Antonio based students coming together and working on really complicated issues in a team environment that you described. So there's a lot of cool ways that students can get involved in in companies and really start to figure out what they want to do in their life. Oh, I I love it. And yeah, so for for those that uh, as well, parents are like, well, you know what? My kids can get a scholarship to college by playing football. They can't get a scholarship to college by playing Cyber Patriot. Not true. Uh, So uh, we've had Brent Thessler on from Hallmark uh, University here. Uh, They have a... At the college level, it's called the CCDC. It's the Collegiate Cyber Cup. And uh, they have teams there that play the team sport at the college level. And uh, Brent is uh, offering scholarships there to Hallmark uh, to put together a, a scholarship athlete team effectively so they can go try to win that Collegiate Cyber Cup. So if you wanted to learn more about that, uh, check out uh, our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. Uh, go to the episode search, uh, put in Hallmark, uh, and you can uh, – hear Brent talk about that, learn more about the details of that scholarship and what they're trying to do to put together the team there for their cybersecurity program. But um, I think you'll see more universities uh, starting to add uh, this as as yet another uh, place where they are going to run competitive team sports, offer scholarships, and and, uh, build out uh, programs around this cybersecurity team sport. Because, I mean, it's like I have uh, kids myself that play football and certain different things, but um, they don't watch football and TV and stuff anymore. So I think the the landscape of what that they want to be involved in, what things they want to track at the, the youth today is changing. And I think the universities are going to be evolving along with that. Yeah. And I, just to re- – I mean, again, I love sports, and I think sports are important. But I think that these things we're talking about, 
there are significantly more opportunities for more people yeah. in the STEM fields than there are playing professional football. <laughs> yeah. You know. And I, yeah, I mean, the, your 400,000 plus job openings and, and people will, they always fight back on with me on, on those stats. I have these conversations all the time and it's, they're like, I go on Indeed, I don't see 400,000 jobs posted. I said, because there's a whole bunch of HR departments and hiring managers out there that have just given up. Just like we have discouraged workers that decide you look at like labor force participation rates and these are people that it's like there's some folks that have just given up and then they're not looking for a job anymore so they don't get counted as part of unemployment. The same is on the other side. Like if a company is not going to run a search for a specific role, if the HR and recruiting team comes back and says, Bob, like that job description you just wrote up, like I can post it, but there's no one's going to apply for it. Right. And it doesn't get posted. So there is, as more jobs get filled, you'll see more of these latent jobs end up getting posted. And I mean, that 400,000 number is, is very real. Um, and you can you can go and, and do some kind of economic analysis and look at the labor force size and, and cybersecurity risk and all the rest of these things. And, and you start to factor out pretty quick. And, and that 400,000 number looks believable. Maybe it's even as high as a couple of million, even just across uh, North America. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, look, there's a reason UTSA is investing in the National Security Collaboration Center. There's a reason the Port of San Antonio is investing in tech. There's a reason Booz Allen is hiring cyber patriot from cyber patriot there's a reason we have our summer games programs we need this type of talent it's especially hard i'd say in the government space because not only do you need to have the skills and experience and credentials but you have to have a clearance right yeah and that's just one more kind of extra you know bar that you've got to jump over you've got to be clearable so you know i would caution that if you're interested in a in a cyber professional position, pay attention to what you do as you're growing up. Don't do, you know, don't do dumb things. Yeah, don't get yeah. yourself into trouble. Watch your social media. The most common one I hear that, that people get bounced back on, on clearance for is uh, just a bad credit report. So look, this one out here is completely within your control. Like if you get a credit card offer, make the payments on time. If you take out a car loan, make the payments on time. And, and people go, go, well, why does that matter for a clearance or not? Well, the bad guys are looking for an edge, and if they can get an edge against you financially, they'll use that edge, and uh, that's where some that, that's one where like people will get blindsided by that one because they're like, I never committed a crime, I never did anything, I was in Girl Scouts, I was in 4-H, I was a perfect person, but. I took this credit card offer out my freshman year of college, and I ran up four thousand dollars in debt and filed bankruptcy, and. You end up struggling to get a clearance there for for years after processes like that. So, um, yeah, folks, it, it talk with and, and I'm sure you have campus recruiters that go out there, go have conversations if you're a student and you're interested in this and that, that type of career field about the, the kind of the list of the do's and don'ts. And it's not just don't go commit a crime. It's some other basic stuff that you've got pretty easy control over if you choose to. Yeah, totally agree. And be, be careful what you say on social media. Right. It's being monitored. It's. Um, I would say don't say something online that you wouldn't say to somebody's face. So yeah. be just be smart about it, right? So all of that matters as you as you enter the workforce. Um, but if you do invest the time and energy in these things, it will pay off. You will have a, a career that you're is exciting, impactful, yeah. and really benefits the country. 
Yeah. So it, from a, a San Antonio perspective, you guys are above 500 folks here now and going to grow that number by another 50 to 100 people a year here if over the next few years. Yeah. What, what does that really look like? Yeah, we're at about 600 now. And, and I do want to explain, it's not all 600 are doing cyber. We have 600 staff now. Yeah. Uh, a couple of hundred of those are doing cyber-related work, but we do a variety of things here. We do facility infrastructure, environmental consulting, uh, we do some health-related work to the military health environment in San Antonio. We have folks, another huge area of growth for us is around data analytics and data science. It is remarkable how much data our federal government has collected over the those many year, decades. And there's a real science to how you utilize that data to make decisions and there's some people who are really, really adept at being able to boil the data down into a useful format. So I'd say I'd continue to say data analytics, data science is another growing area. Um, we have, uh, you know, about a third of our staff are, are ex-military or veterans. And so some of our work is around the operational areas of a particular client mission. We might uh, help the Army with readiness, for example. Yeah. Um, so, and then some technology IT related work that's, you know, outside of cyber. Um, but when you add all that up um, and then you add in intelligence type work, uh, it's about 600 here locally. Um, we do envision growing another 250 staff in the next five years. We've uh, committed to that. Um, that would be one of the big areas for us that I wanted to talk about is in immersive learning. Um, we have a group here of over 75 staff who focus on immersive learning, and this is a variety of skill yeah. sets. It's gamers. So if you were in the gaming industry, you can be, now be a government consultant. It's gamers, it's artists, it's sound people, it's uh, folks with an instructional design background. You package that, and what we're starting to see is we're helping our clients to train differently than they used to train, like a simple example. If, if an airman needed to learn to operate the door of a C-130. In the old days, you'd have to be on a C-130 yeah. flying the plane. Well, that cost a lot of money. Now yeah, you and can, environmental impact is huge. Like We want to fly planes around when we need to fly them around, but if we don't need to fly them around, I'd much rather, yeah, as a, a taxpayer, the government spending money on, on virtual reality. Yeah, so now you put the VR goggles in, you're in the plane. And let me, let me tell you, these people are amazing. You are in the plane. You, yeah. It doesn't feel any different. And you're learning to do the basics. So maybe in the past where you had to be in the airplane a certain number of hours, that's substantially reduced. It's not like you'll never have to train on the actual application, but it's reduced. So immersive learning in, in uh, anything in the AR, VR realm is, is an area of the future as well that the government's really focused on. Yeah. So just hurry um, up and help us build the, the little matrix jack from the movie where I can just learn <laughs> Kung Fu in, in 15 seconds. That would be nice, right? Yeah, your team, your team would be happy to invent that because I'm sure there's yeah. lots of clients out there that would, uh, would pay very well. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Great, great set of movies, by the way. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I would, if I were to characterize it, I would say across those areas uh, of, you know, that I just described, we're going to be hiring here and it will be downtown. It'll be at the Roberson building. It'll be at our government sites, but about 250 staff over five years, which is, uh, you know, significant growth. Yeah. 
So you've been, have you been in the downtown office your, your whole time here in San Antonio? No, I actually started at the client site, um, 18 years ago. Okay. And then I've been stay, I've been at our Roberson office. We've moved a couple of times downtown till we got to the current Weston. But right now I sit in Weston, but we, we don't treat these as two separate offices. We are one office. We just happen to have different locations, locations. for proximity to different clients. Yeah, I mean, so um, and uh, so I used to work for the largest employer downtown that packed up and moved to uh, another city in Texas. Uh, and and so, what made you guys pick the downtown location? Because for for years here downtown, until this kind of tech revitalization, and after that other employer had, had left town. It was pretty empty down here for quite a while. Like you right. didn't have customers downtown here. You you right. could get from downtown to customer locations, but what what made you guys pick this this site? Yeah, so we do support the installations around the city, right? So one, downtown's pretty convenient to the traditional Fort Sam. It's all under JBSA yeah. now. Um, we we support clients at Randolph. We support clients at at Lackland and the camps. Um, so to us, it was a very central location, but it's also a place that are, it's attractive to staff to want to work downtown, right? Um, and we actually have a lot of staff now who are living downtown and working downtown, and the convenience is pretty amazing, right? Um, so that was part of the reason we wanted to be downtown. Is simple. And, we, and I will be honest, when we looked at um, our last move, we opened it up. We looked around the city, and we couldn't find somewhere that we were really, really that had the amount of space we needed that was in a location that was desirable. We actually studied driving distances and commuting distances to and from where our staff live, but also to and from our client locations. And downtown was still the best place for us. Then we add in Roberson. Now, Roberson is extremely close to a lot of our clients in the aerospace, yeah. Air Force, and you, nothing, it's just a great location. Yeah. It's also only 10 minutes from downtown. Right. So, again, our staff will be in and out of both locations, and we have conference facilities in both. So it, it's it's just helpful to be in both places. Yeah. So for the, the uh, military – uh, piece you've mentioned. So, I mean, some of the history of Booz Allen founded by a uh, former military uh, army member uh, but, and your involvement today, you serve them as, as clients and customers. But we were talking a little bit, I don't know if it was off air, it might have been off air, uh, about uh, military spouse programs or spousal programs. So uh, what are those? Because I think that's an important one as, as we're talking community again and, and these uh, kind of things that you do differently from, from many of the others out there. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll talk about our veterans programs just in general, but about a third of our, our employees are military connected spouses and vets. Um, and, and Booz Allen has won some awards for top places for veteran employment by GI jobs, military times, monster.com, Glassdoor, us veterans magazine. And I think that's important because again, our veterans are so important to what we are as a country, right? Um, one of the things on military spouses we found was that military spouses have an unemployment rate that is significantly higher than the national average. Yeah. And that might make sense, right? You're following your spouse's military career, so you're moving every two to three years. And it's, you don't know when you're moving exactly. Sometimes you think you know when you're going to get orders, but you don't always know. So it's hard for yeah them to, to come and commit and say, hey, Bob, I'm going to be in San Antonio for the next two and a half years because in 11 months they they're 
a military member of the family could get orders to go somewhere else again. That's right. And so what we found is also military spouses, let's say your your spouse is stationed in Germany. It's hard to find a job in Germany unless you're on base kind of. So, yeah, all, so the, all the legal requirements of trying to work in a foreign country, right. not the easiest thing. Germany might be an easier one than some of them, but there's lots of places we have bases where it's super tricky to get. Right. So military spouses a lot of times have resumes that are really varied, right? Yeah. They're not in one career field. for So they might do a lot of different things. Now, there's some strength in that. It shows diversity of capability. It shows the ability to adjust to different environments. But, but you know, again, it's tough. So we started to co-chair a Hiring Our Heroes Military Spouse Employment Advisory Council. Um, we co-chaired a bipartisan task force honorarium that was hosted by the second lady, Karen Pence, really focused on improving the lives of military spouses. Um, and it's just, it was an important area for us. So I, I've spoken at a couple of these events, and there are other local employers that are very, very involved in the military spouses. So this is not just Booz Allen, but it's those firms coming together to say our military spouses matter. They're, they're heroes. They've supported their military member, and we owe them the ability to find a reasonable job that commensurate with what they what they've done in their yeah. career skill set so that's an area we've really focused on we won the u.s chamber of commerce hiring our heroes uh, military spouse employment war award in 2013 and 17 and that was important to us because i think until a few years ago military spouses were kind of forgotten in the process we were very focused on the veterans and rightfully so but the spouses have been there through that journey as well and so a lot of this focuses on um, helping military spouses understand how to, how to work LinkedIn and make LinkedIn work for them, how yeah. to make their social media work for them, how to write a resume that pl really plays to their strengths, um, what kind of jobs are out there. So it's not just about hiring. It's about training and teaching and helping to facilitate a long-term kind of uh, outlook for military spouses. So that is important to us. And I would just say veterans and military, all of it fits with what we are. We're a government consulting firm. A lot of our work is in the Department of Defense. And we feel like it's part of our brand that we, we are involved in veterans issues. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for uh, joining us this week uh, on CyberTalk Radio. If uh, you did not hear the whole program uh, here with Bob and I today, you can uh, listen to it on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. So again, Bob, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you.